Hey, how's everybody today? What a what a great worship uh, session we had. I always love when uh, Mike goes spontaneous. He always hits it right on the head, and when he said, you know, uh, about the great I am, and now I know who I am, that that just hit me. You know, just that identity thing. Something that I dealt with for a long time, uh, had an issue with it, and even through Sozo and stuff. Now it's like I'm. I'm continuously finding uh, myself and loving myself more. And it's like seeing myself in his image, you know, definitely is uh, a good helper. So today, I'm going to be talking about worry. How many people here like to worry? <laughs> or who, who worries consi- uh, constantly? <laughs> I, I, I know I do. I, I definitely have a, an issue with... Um, like letting little things, you know, take over my, like rent space in my head. You know, I, I allow uh, issues throughout the day and stuff that, you know, my mind fabricates to take hold and, and cause me to have anxiety. But that's not, there's many things that can come from worrying, uh, many different health issues. And I'm going to read over some of those uh, because it, it's, it's good to know, you know, especially what Jesus says about um, worrying and, you know, what we already know about it. So some of the things that can be caused from worrying is heart disease, obesity and diabetes, cancer, asthma, gastrointestinal disease, Alzheimer's, premature aging, and depression. They all have anxiety and worrying fingerprints all over them. Not saying that, you know... Um, there is a way to like if you're you're diagnosed with anxiety. That's that's I'm I'm that's a whole different ball game. Uh, I'm not I don't have a medical certificate or degree to talk about that. But I'm gonna talk about worrying what Jesus says about it. Like I said. All right. So starting off, a man was constantly worrying that somebody was under his bed. He went to a counselor who was willing to help him, but at a high fee. Over many months, a few weeks later, the counselor met the man on the street and asked him. Why he had not returned? The man replied, I met a friend who gave me some great advice for free. It worked perfectly. The counselor asked what advice had been given to him, and the man replied, he asked me to cut the legs off, the, uh, off my bed uh, down to the ground level. I said, how much? So did you all catch that? It was kind of like a joke, but I ruined it. That's, that's what I do. I wet blanketed it. It's OK. <laughs> so how much, how much we worry and how much uh, of our worry are unfounded. Unhealthy worrying can cripple us to the point of making us ineffective and unable to cope with life's challenges. Right off the bat, I, there's, there's been times in my life where I ended up uh, putting myself in bad situations. And you know, the worst part is worrying about the consequences from, um, from the things coming. So it's like, I'd always, I'd always have these issues uh, with, you know, with my health that would spring up because I would worry so much. And, you know, throughout my life, it was, my life seemed like it was filled with constant worry. Though some of it was medically diagnosed anxiety, uh, depression, and bipolar, there was things that I made my own that I shouldn't have. And worrying about, like, what's going to happen tomorrow or what's going to happen, uh, what's going to happen with the situation that I put myself in. And then by doing so, 
I I can't enjoy the day. I can't be present with myself. I can't be uh, I can't be present with other people, and I sure as heck can't be present with the Lord, because I don't allow Him to come in. I don't allow Him to take over. I don't allow Him to be the one to uh, to, to give me peace in those situations. I hype myself up to the point to where it's like you know, you ever you ever get so anxious or so worried, like you feel like. You feel like you could actually sweat blood like Jesus did. I've been to the point. I've been to that point where I never sweat blood, but I felt like I was going to, and I felt like you know my face get flush, uh, my whole body just like get overheated, and just feel like I'm gonna uh, like everything's just falling apart around me. And that can come with finances. I put like when I when I'm learning out, learning to do finances like, a couple years ago, I, I I didn't have anybody to teach me so. I would spend money like it was, you know, growing on trees. And that was a big issue because bills had to be paid, but I like nice things. And, yeah, that's not a healthy mindset to have. So when I would get myself into these positions, um, I would start thinking about the bills that need to be paid, but the money not being there. And my, my problem was I would always have these foxhole prayers like, Lord, help me get out of these situations because, you know, uh, I put myself here, but I feel like you should be the one to, you know, to save me from it. But it did, that really didn't help me uh, feel peace at the time because I still had to worry about the bill that was coming up. I mean, ultimately, ultimately at the end, you know, Jesus showed up and helped me out. But, it, but like when, I went, uh, when I was in it, you know, there was times where it's like, man, how could I be so stupid and and cause like make these mistakes even though I was like just just learned how to do this stuff it was still these things that I put in my mind and I would worry like you know oh now it's gonna mess up I'm gonna have uh, bad credit or all the things that come with you know not paying your bills or or uh, specific things or my phone's gonna get shut off because I didn't I decided not to pay my phone bill but rather like buy like new clothes or something or my issues like car parts or instruments and she's shaking her head over here because she knows and then I, I oh the funny thing is is like i just i just don't buy it and keep it i ultimately have to end uh turn around and end up selling it because <laughs> because i shouldn't have bought it in the first place and i didn't have the money to buy it the longman dictionary not to be confused with the shortman dictionary describe <laughs> Sorry, I had to put that in there. Describes worry as an uncomfortable feeling in the mind caused by a mixture of fear and uncertainty. I hate fear. Yeah, it's like one of the worst, one of the worst feelings in the world. And it's like all, it all comes together, combines, and this is where like, you know, one of the main things that plays into worry. Sadly, according to experts, worry can be uh, also take a heavy toll on our physical and mental health, like I uh, had said before. But uh, this is something from Dr. Charles Mayo. He said, worry affects the circulation in the whole nervous system. i never known a man who died from overwork, but I know many who have died from doubt. So what are you worrying about today? In Matthew 6, 25 through 34, Jesus spoke about the futility of worry and offered us some insights to help us win the battle over worry. Number one is that understand that worry cannot change anything. Not only does worry not change anything, it also adds unnecessary stress to our day. 
it's like the things that we have to go through or through our daily work, you know, stuff can occur at work that, you know, can come up and cause stress. But like when you have stuff stacked on top of that, it can be sometimes too much. And it's like, if you don't get a handle on those things and then, you know, if you don't know how to get a handle on things, it's, you know, I'm here to help you, uh, help you do so. But once you get a handle on the, the simple worries, then the things throughout the day uh, won't seem so bad. As Bobby McFerrin famously sang, in every life we have some trouble, but when you worry, you make it double. Don't worry, be happy. <laughs> Jesus used too easy to understand examples to show us that worry is futile. He mentioned that we cannot, we cannot either add one cubit uh, to our height or one hour to our life by worrying. I always had, uh, I always thought, like my, and going back to the whole image thing, it's like I was always, I was worried about, you know, I was, if I was tall enough, uh, especially like for sports and whatnot, even though I'm not really a sports player, but I wanted to be a part of that stuff in high school. I'd always worry if I was going to be able to make a sports team. Um, I mean, I played lacrosse in high school, but I, I really wasn't that good. It was just something for me to do. And I always worried if I, I was going to get play time. I always worried if, you know, if I was fast enough to be, uh, be able to run. And if I was, you know, I was always worried if I was going to catch the ball. I was always worried if people, that people were looking at me or in judging me by the way I played. I always worried that people were judging me by the way I looked, my stature. And it was like there's, there's these many things that stacked up, and it, it was miserable. You know, it, I believe that it added into that depression uh, that I had in my life. Uh, I'm not saying that, you know, I don't take responsibility for my actions, but there's, but worry can, I felt like has caused a lot of the things that with my mental health um, to deteriorate. It's like when I put myself in a situation to worry, uh, I was allowing myself to be attacked. I didn't, I didn't really know Jesus back then. I knew of him. So it was like, no, I, I couldn't call upon his name and be, uh, be set free from my circumstances because I didn't believe that. My mind wasn't in that place to where there was free. If there was freedom, I can call upon freedom. And it's like having, having that worry constantly every day can really attack your self-image in a way that, you know, you, you, you don't have love for yourself. It can, it can change. It, you can start having these thoughts where, and I know this is for me. I don't know about anybody else. I'm, I'm, I mostly try to get it from experience. But I would have these thoughts of myself that weren't true. So I would, I would ultimately believe these lies because worry has, uh, has taught me to do so. But it, it comes from worry and fear and all this other stuff. And it's ultimately, I, I had this name for myself these many names branded to myself because I worried about what everybody else wanted. I always wanted to please people rather than please God. And I was always worried about having the next best thing. It's like, if my clothes good enough for, you know, these people, are they going to judge me? And like getting older, I came to a point now, it's like, I don't care, you know, what I wear. I'll wear basketball shorts and a t-shirt. And sometimes I do that here. And like, you, you get the fancy Joe today, all dressed up. <laughs> but yeah, it it really it really hindered my progression in wanting to be successful as well. Um, I always like I always played it into my head that I was never going to be good enough to reach certain levels, and I was always worried that if I even tried, that people were already casting judgment on me. 
saying that, oh, well, you're not good enough to do this. And it's like, instead of me refuting it, I would always think about it and say, yeah, you're right. So I might as well just give up. I might as well just quit. And it, it, I feel like it hindered a lot for me. Um, I mean, I feel like I'm good at a lot of things, but it's like I just didn't want to take a chance because I felt like eyes were on me. And I was, I, I was worried about that judgment. Okay, let's see. Number two is learn to live life one day at a time. And this is, goes by living in the present. It's so easy to look to the past and say, like, I'm a failure from the things that I did in my past. And, and especially for myself, like, I, I made a lot of mistakes in the past, and I could look at that and say, man, if I just didn't do that, you know, or it's like if I go, uh, go up for something where they got to do a background check or whatever, and they say, well, you don't meet these qualifications because of the things that you've done. It's like that's something that I always worried about. Even though I'm not that man today and that I made a change, it's like I feel like the world holds that over your head, and I always worry that they're always going to count me short. And it's like not thinking about, and then again, I don't think about how good our God is, and the world, the things of the world don't matter to him in that aspect. And then think about the things of tomorrow, like the bills, you know, the finances, getting a house, getting, uh, making sure our dog's all right. You know, what are we going to do when it comes time to, you know, have a kid? And that's like one of the, the things that we were thinking about the last couple of days. It's like, are we, re are we really ready? And it's like, she was, like, we were kind of scared because we didn't know what was, what was going on with, you know, the circumstances. Yeah, her body was just terrible, but we were, there was like this, there was this kind of like fear and worry, like, are we able to be good parents right now? It's like, we're still trying, we're like, we just came into this new season of life to where we can actually enjoy one another. And it's like, it's like, are we ready to, to put a, a child into this mix? And we were like, no, we, I don't, I told her, I was like, whatever happens, if, if it is so, I was like, we're going to, we're going to do it and we're going to be the best that we can be. But God said it's not the time, so we were. <laughs> so it's not the time, and I was like, we were. <laughs> yeah, we were like, thank, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> but it definitely, it, it definitely helped put me at, put us at ease, even though we were so worried about something. We knew God would provide, and we knew we had a community behind us that wouldn't let us fail. And, and I'm so glad, you know, for those things. I'm, I'm so glad that God will provide for his children, and especially in those times. I know he wouldn't allow us to go without. I know you guys wouldn't allow us to go without. And if we needed anything, we can call anybody here. Jesus mentions that there is enough trouble for each day, and we should therefore focus on living each day as it comes without worry about tomorrow. This does not mean that we shouldn't plan for the future. Yeah, don't, I, I say that because we don't want to get confused with making goals, making plans. That's, that's very important because it gives you something to strive for. It's so much different than saying, like, worrying if, oh, am I going to go, am I going to be up for this promotion or I'm going to be able to get more money or, or yada, yada, yada. No, it's like set goals for yourself. That's something to, like, to look forward to. But also, it still helps your mind to be present because you know where you're at today.
a quote I read uh, says, planning for tomorrow is time well spent. Worrying about to, uh, tomorrow is time wasted. Sadly, most people either live with regret over the past or worry over the future. We can learn to trust God a day at a time. The scripture says that he is God who daily bears uh, our burdens. So why don't we just focus on him today? Why don't we just focus on who, who, who Jesus is today? It's that God's going to be there tomorrow. He is the God that was and is and is to come. So he's going to be there. He's already dealing with your, with your, your troubles tomorrow. So why do we have to take it upon ourselves to pick those things up and carry those? That's a burden that's not ours. That's a burden that we should not be carrying. That's a yoke that we make upon ourselves uh, because we've been told lies and, and our, even, like, even our own minds play tricks on us. And like, I, like ask me how I know. How you know? I've been there. <laughs> I love I, I love that he says he is a God who daily bears our burdens and I like I can get I can get hung up on just that uh, in itself. Like the, there's so many things that I've learned to let go of and let God hold on to and like even with my uh, even with my life verse which is Psalms 50, uh, 55 22, uh, cast your burdens upon the Lord and like I, I I can do that I can I can cast my worries. And it's like I learned to have peace in my life, and I learned not to, uh, to look at people and say, like, what are they thinking of me? But that took conditioning of my mind. That took uh, trusting in God fully. And, like, when I get into those moments praying to the Lord and calling upon the name of Jesus and saying, like, when I have, I, I feel like some days, like, I get up in the morning and I ride to work, and I have this anxiety and this worry for no reason, and then I say, Jesus, and Jesus, 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 that's it. I don't say anything else with that, but I call upon his name, and he brings me peace. And that's one thing that I'd never, I'd never done before, even as a Christian in my, like, my early, early walk. It's like I, I, didn't, I didn't fully trust that he was going to take me out of those worries, and I always continue to carry it. But like now understanding the power in the name of Jesus, and once you call upon the name of Jesus, you shall be saved, not just as for your salvation, but you'll be saved from your circumstance of worry. But there's so much more that can go into that verse as well. But like calling upon his name, I instantly felt peace. I knew he was there, and I knew that I allowed myself to be encapsulated by him and saying like, he, like he put a hedge around me saying, like, I'm not going to allow the enemy to speak these lies into your mind. I'm not going to allow any, uh, yourself to speak this stuff to you. It's like, I'm, I'm, I'm here for you. I'm here to, to, to hold you. It's like there's things that you continue to, to tell yourself that is causing these anxieties. The things that, um, that you're worrying about right now, it's like, I'm, I'm, it's like I'm more important than that. It's like I'm going to brush this away. So I'm like thinking about his name. And it's like listening to worship music, and I'm like, you're like thinking, like, you're right. And it's like, he doesn't even have to say it, but I know that he's right when he says, you not worry, because there's really nothing to worry about. And most of the time, like, everything works out like it should. It's like when I just trust God, trust him enough to take that, take that, that little burden, like, everything continues to go forth. And then I get to the end of the day, and I'm like, I can take a sigh of relief, because I'm like, man. Nothing, nothing worked out the way it did in my mind. It worked out better. Number three, believe that God will take care of our needs. 
Referring to food, drink, and clothing, symbolic of all our needs, Jesus said, your heavenly Father knows that you need them. He also used the following to us, or two simple but powerful illustrations to show the Father's care and heart. The A is the birds do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds, or birds do not sow, reap, or store away in barns, and yet the heavenly Father feeds them. And in lilies, they do not labor or spin. Yeah, I tell you that not even Solomon, all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes grass of the field, will he, uh, he not much more clothe you? And that's fully trusting that God's going to provide all those things that you need. He's like, even if you don't know where your next meal is coming from, even if you don't, you don't know where you're going to get new clothes from or new shoes from, if you're walking holes in your shoes, there's, there's people that have, that I know that had less and entrusted in God, and then they didn't go without. They were always full. They always had clothes on their back. I'm not saying there's people that they're out there that don't. It's like, but when we trust in our God, how much more will He, he do for the lilies and do for the birds that He will do for us? And I truly believe that in, this, in our aspects of searching for a house. He knows that we're taken care of right now, He knows that we're in a good place. Uh, to be protected, but he's working on those other things and behind the scenes. And it's like having to trust him and not worry that, oh, we got to get out of here in a certain amount of time. No, we don't have a time limit. And that's the beauty of it. We don't have a time limit of, of when we need to go. God said oh, he's going to provide in the time that he says, and it's like we truly wholeheartedly believe it. He's, his promises never fail. You know, and I always think about his promises in this aspect. In 2 Kings 8, 1-6, a Shulamite lady who, in Elisha's instruction, had left her home and gone to Philistine territory to avoid a famine, returned seven years later to find her dismay that the house and land no longer belonged to her. In her desperation, the lady, with her son, went to see the king, hoping for a suitable answer for, may, uh, for maybe small mercies. It so happened that when she entered and cried unto the king, he was having a spiritual chat with Elisha's servant, Gehazi, I think that's how you say it, Gehazi and the great things Elisha had done. Amazingly, at this very moment, Gehazi uh, was telling the king about how God, through Elisha, uh, had raised this very same lady's son from the dead. The shocked king may well have been speechless for a while. I love this. I love that one part because you see that God was before him or before this lady already, uh, already speaking her case. And that's so cool because it, like when it comes to us, it's like, it's like, oh man, you know, when you do the best that you can and God knows that he's already, he's already ahead of you, already making a way saying like, I'm going to take care of this. You don't have to. It's like, you followed my instruction and you've been faithful to me. So I'm going to show you, I'm going to show you what faithful is. The shot king might as well have been speechless for a while. In his surprise, the king then asked the lady whether this was true, and she affirmed it. After all, there's nothing better than a first-hand account. The end result was that she not only got her house and land back, but also the income from the land for the past seven years. Whew. I don't know why it hit me. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, uh, I wonder whether any banks has that kind of pay, uh, payback scheme. Uh, I don't, sorry, I don't know why that hit me so hard. 
It was it was good, but it was it makes me think like you could what you have lost. It doesn't. It, you don't worry about that stuff that that's lost. God provides back more than you could ever imagine. Just because the locusts had destroyed the crop does not mean the harvest isn't going to be plentiful. Yeah. God, he is such a good father. He takes, and it's like truly God knows how to take care of his children. And he does. He does not let us go without. It's like it might seem like everything around you is crumbling. Everything, everything's falling apart. All the stuff that you have could be, could be thrown out. You could be going through a fire. You could be going, uh, you could lose your memory through a car accident. You could, you could deal with all these health issues. God says, I'm going to restore these things. He, like he restored to this lady seven times what she lost. And she got, all, she got back everything that she never thought that she would get back, plus more. And it's like, man. But she was faithful to him. She was faithful to, to return and say, like, I, I, I did what you asked, God. So I need you to show up. And that's the same with us. It's like we, we know that we have to trust in God that he's going to show up. We trust in God too much to give up. Seek God first. The hardest thing to do when you're in a situation, and I know for myself, is to look towards God and ask for his help. To say, Lord, I need it. Like, even when I was talking about uh, driving in the car, sometimes that's not my first thought. Sometimes I, I'll dwell on the situation for a while before I get to the point of calling on the name of Jesus. It's like Jesus encouraged us to seek his kingdom and his righteousness with the assurance that what we do, all that we need will be given to us. This attitude helps us to place our hearts on uh, loving God more than having our material needs met. It's like when it's so cool when you come to a place of contentment. And like I, I there's times where I've been there where it's like someone asked me, Dude, what do you want? And I'm like, I don't, I don't want anything. I don't need for nothing right now. It's like I'm completely content with the stuff that I have. And that's when I know like I'm in a, and I'm, I got my heart in the right place with God. It's like I'm not, I don't have to chase after the stuff of this world to be happy. It's like I know that you're still providing God. It's like even if I got to live paycheck to paycheck, it's like it, it is what it is. It's like having you and you alone is always going to be enough for me. It's always going to, it's always going to be the, uh, it's always going to be the, the overflow in the coffer. So anyway, it says, don't let, to, don't let worries of tomorrow hinder your expectancy in God today. So don't, don't let what's going to happen tomorrow. And I already talked about it, but don't allow, you know, the things that uh, might be affecting you whether it is like your job, whether it's finances, whether it's your health, it's like there's things if we if we focus in on who God is and focus in on the Father's heart, He's never going to let you be without. And it's like Rob said, he's like you know, my like the, talking about the bank account and like uh, for many humans, money is the thing that that causes a lot of stress in all of our lives. Whether it's not enough, I don't say there's stress. I mean it might be stressful to have too much money. Don't don't ask me how I know because I, I I don't I don't have that much money. <laughs> That's one. Don't ask me. I don't know. I don't know. If, if you want little money, I could tell you. I could tell you about that. <laughs> but trusting in God, trust God with. He said, "Those who are faithful with a little, 
you know, he will entrust a lot to. It's like, how can I trust, be so, it's like we can look at this something so small, but you could take, let's see, I'm trying to figure out something. You can take uh, 100 pounds going by like metal, 100 pounds of, of, of uh, steel, and then you can look at a little nugget of gold. You entrust you with this little bit, and it's more valuable than you understand because he's going to provide so much more from it. He's going to entrust you a lot more because you know, because he knows that you are faithful to who he is. And it's not that little bit that you look at and say, this is not enough. But God, this is just enough because you provided it. And it's like, that's when the worry goes away because it's like, man, it's like my father gave me this. And it's like, you look, it's like, hey, hey, check this out. You see this? My daddy gave me this. And again, you're so proud of that little bit of things. And like, he's like, oh, wait till you see what I got for you next. And then like, no, you're really going to be happy. <laughs> anyway, I, don't, I didn't have too much to share today. I, I thought that this would be something good, you know, to deal with. Because um, worry is, man, worry is so insidious. And it's like, it can it can trap us in this in this pit, and it, it can like I said it causes all these health issues like especially depression like I I don't know about you I don't like being depressed I don't like I don't like waking up anxious because I'm worrying about everything I don't like going to sleep anxious or waking up in the middle of the night with these racing thoughts in my head about things I'm like no it's like I'd rather I'd rather do the best like the latter thing first and trust God and seek Him first. I'm still working towards it. You know, I'm not perfect in it. This mess, like all my messages, they speak probably deeper to me than most of you guys. But it's, it's funny because I, I, like I need it sometimes. It's a definitely a reminder for me. And like, I, I, this isn't the first time I spoke about this message. And, but it's something that I needed as a reminder to say, stop worrying about what's coming next. Stop worrying about where, where he's leading me to. Just take his hand. You see like a child, they don't worry about where they're going. They're just following where the parent's going. And it's like, that's what I want to be with my father. Like, I just want to hold on and say, just, just take me. Just take me there, and, I'll, and I'm, I'm, I'm with you. And like, how beautiful is that? And he's like, <laughs> uh. but anyway, I don't, I don't have much else. I mean... I, we could do a little activation, like shaking it off. Like I did it up on the stage before, but and it, fe it feels good. It's like, like everybody stand up for a second. Yeah. I just want everybody just like take a moment, you know, just to shake it all off. And if you have any anxiety, any worries, maybe for the Mar or this week, or if anything that uh, might be, might have happened that you're, you're, you're waiting on answers for. Like, we, we shake off anything, and we, tr we have trust. We just shake it all off. Everybody, just shake it off. Come on. We're shaking it off. <laughs> yeah. So you shake it off. Like, we right now, God, we just shake off any anxiety. We shake off any worry, Lord, anything that might be holding on to us, God. Like, it, it has no place in our minds. It rents no space, God. We, we call for eviction of worry from our minds, Lord. We, we, we pray for eviction of anxiety from our minds. It has no parts, God. No parts in our hearts, Lord. God, we, we come with total peace, Lord, knowing that you are our provider, 
We know that you're uh, working our health in, in the right direction, God. You're working our tomorrow, and you're already there, Lord, and we pray that you continue to build upon that. Let us, our minds be present today, Father. God, let us, let us just relax in the time knowing that you, you're holding everything. It's like we don't have to worry about it. Let our minds be fully present. Not just, to, not just for ourselves, God, so we can better tune into you. God, let us not worry. Let us, let us have the mind to go after you first. Let our, let our hearts and our conviction cry out to you in those times where we worry and say, no, trust in your Father. Listen to what your Father says. Listen to what He says. Listen to what He's putting into your heart. Feel the peace that He's trying to give to you and receive that. Everybody receive it. Just say, I receive it. Just receive it. I love it. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. You can be seated. I've got a testimony. And I, Joe, you, you couldn't have preached a better, a better message. That was fabulous. I don't care what your wife says. It was great. <laughs> Two weeks ago on a Friday, the Lord spoke to me just in an audible voice. And he said, I want you to go back to Florida and feed the hungry. And I said, okay, Lord, because I had done it one time and I knew God wanted me to do it then, but I didn't hear an audible voice, but I heard the voice and that's never happened to me before, but I just realized that the Lord was talking to me and I said, okay, I'll do it. Now I didn't have any money. I mean, saved up or anything because it, it costs a lot of money to go to Florida in a bus. And, uh, I mean, that, that diesel tanks holds a lot of fuel, and it costs plenty of money. But I said, uh, you, make the, you make the provision, Lord. I'm going. If you want me to go, I'm happy to do it. In fact, I look forward to doing it. Well, I started realizing what I had to do. I had to empty the bus out because we travel and sell rope all around the country. And uh, it's not a normal school bus. It's bigger than any other school bus I've ever seen because I extended it out four more feet with a platform on the back. And then I took the sides and I cut the sides on the passenger side so I can open them up. So most of the bus on the side opens up and it's all compartments for holding things. And when we went to Florida, I was thinking we went last year or the year before, but I think it's been five or six years since we went. And uh, you all know the Fawcett's, Don and Ellen Fawcett. We go down to their place and then they would lead us where we were going. We went to Key West and fed the hungry there and had a wonderful results of that. 
But when the Lord said, you need to go back to Florida, I said, okay, I'm ready to go. I'll go. And uh, so I started looking at things, and I thought, well, I got to take everything out of this bus, and that's a day's work, and clean it up good and make it nice and clean and, and try to organize it in such a way I can carry a lot of food. Now, before we took spaghetti, but I knew we couldn't do that anymore. It's not legal. We cannot cook spaghetti and feed people. Uh, and we did that, uh, especially in Miami. Uh, there were probably 100 people on the sidewalk sleeping right on the concrete. We pulled up, got out. We had cooked the spaghetti sauce the night before, and all we had to do was boil the noodles. And uh, the only rule we had, uh, you have to get in line. You can't rush us, come all of you at one time, line up just like you're in school, and we'll feed you, and we'll feed you all you can eat. I don't care how many times you come back. That's fine. The, that's why we brought this down here is to feed hungry people, and I know you're hungry. So just get in line, and we'll feed you all the spaghetti you can eat. Now, we had good spaghetti. I've had some spaghetti. I used to have it in high school. I didn't appreciate it too good because I didn't think it tasted all that great. But the spaghetti we made, boy, we, we doctored it up and put stuff in it, and it, it was good. And the people loved it. But we can't do that anymore. So what are we going to do, Lord? What do you want me to do? You, you lead me here. I don't know what to do. Well, uh, I went to some people in Milford. And uh, the last person I encountered there uh, was a, a gentleman uh, at a food bank. And he said, yeah, he says, uh, come back tomorrow morning around 9 o'clock. He said, I'm sure uh, you can get some help here. And I said, well, I'll come back. So I did yesterday or the day before and uh, went to him. And he was one of the happiest men I've ever met. He's just so nice, such a nice personality. I don't, can't even tell you his name right now, but he was just so pleasant. And he said, oh, yeah, says, we can get you help. And he said, I'm sure we can do something for you. And he says, I need to call a guy, and once I finish that, I'll, I'll know more about what we can do. And I said, okay, I'll leave that to you. So in the meantime, I got a phone call at home from uh, – Jacqueline and Walter, what's their last name? That, thank you. Everybody knows them but me. And uh, she said, uh, I want you to come down here. I uh, says, I'll, I'll call you Saturday morning or come down Saturday morning, being yesterday. And she said, uh, we're going to try to fix you up and see what we can do for you. Well, I didn't know. I mean, I thought maybe she had some potatoes in the pantry or something I didn't have any idea what she had and uh, so we went down there like to never found the place I mean uh, now that I've been there once I, I kind of think I can go back to it but I I got a good uh, idea of all the housing down there going up and down the streets looking at the numbers trying to get them to straighten up for us so we'd be at the right place finally I found it and I pulled in, and uh, she says, come on in. Well, I thought it was their house I was in. I didn't know it was a, just an office 
little office. And her husband, he's in there painting, and he's been working and built this. And uh, I think uh, one of the fellows here, the uh, Mike. Mike, yeah, he, he would know all about it because he's been helping them, I think, and, and knows what they do down there. But I had no idea. And I was just so overwhelmed uh, because they said, uh, oh, we've got that building back there, and it's full of food. And I thought, my word. And come to find out, she's connected with this food bank thing. And she said, don't you worry about product. We have plenty of product, a lot more than what you can carry. Well, she hadn't seen my bus, but she's right. I couldn't haul all that if I tried to. But we're going to haul down as much as we can get in there. And uh, she made a statement, something about, well, you don't have to worry about ice cream because you, you don't have any way to keep it cold. And I didn't say anything, but I went home and I went out in the barn yesterday. My wife said, what are you doing? I said, uh, I'm going to check this freezer out. And uh, I started that freezer up, and it's not been plugged in for years. And within five minutes, I opened the door, and it was ice cold in there. And I said, thank you, Jesus. So now we're not going to be limited because we don't have a freezer. So we're going to have some ice cream down there, too. Uh, God is good. I'll tell you, I don't, I don't have the least bit of fear that it's not going to work out. I mean, the devil, he'd like for me to. And my kids, they don't want me driving a bus anymore because they think I'm too old to drive it. I am too old, but I'm going to drive it anyhow. And uh, I'm going to be safe. I'm going to take my time and do it the right way. And God's going to make a way. Yeah. He's, he's going to bless those people. And the, fa the faucets, Don and Ellen are both kind of, you know, they're getting older. I'm older than they are, but they're getting older. And it's going to be a, a challenge, you know. For them to lead us, that's what they have to do. We go down there, they drive in front of us, and then we'd follow them because we don't know our way around down there. But we're going to do a ministry down there, and we're going to feed people, and God's going to bless it. So if you have any doubts, I'm challenging you right now. Just tell the Lord you got a doubt. He'll show you. Amen. I'm ready to go. Come on. Yes. Okay. Sweet. In accordance to like the, uh, I, 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 this, this spark is, oh. <laughs> so this spark, this spark, something I remembered, and this goes for the mission trip. I, the tw two times I went to the mission trip, I tried to raise money and it came up short, but every single time I was able to go and I'm just saying like the money's going to be there. I felt like God was telling me like, you know, the funds are going to be there for the mission trip. So don't worry about a thing. Yeah, I, I completely second that. I think it goes right back into obedience. 
The moment you just say, yes, Lord, and you choose to just trust, he will fill in that gap. I mean, we've seen it time and time again in this house. Like when I went to college, when I went to Bethel, like I didn't know where to come up with this money. And every time the Lord, the Lord showed up just because you trust, just because you trust. You know, they, you know, they say they have, there's that kind of cheesy cliche, if it's his will, it's his bill. But I'm just saying, it still kind of is. <laughs> One more, and then we're going to send out. <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> so in the prayer room this morning, the first thing that I saw was, and I've seen this before, was just pink explosion in here over everybody you couldn't even see any color of anything no faces it was all pink pink is restoration and so restoration the um the biblical meaning of rest to restore when something is restored it's always better than it was to begin with god's promise to us is a better way a better life a better future for ourselves and our loved ones and other words for restoration, refresh, rejuvenate, renew, and renovate. So, Lord, I just thank you that you are making all things new. You have made all things new. You continue to make all things new. We thank you, Lord, that when you restore, it is always better than it was. And we just thank you for your restoration that is falling upon us every day, always. Amen.